Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 115 for January 17th, 2018. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, Marcin Szczepinski, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffcoat, Jim Bashirs, and Jacek Nakonichny. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and next week, for sure, we'll do the whole list. I just keep forgetting to do that, So, but we definitely will. Um, uh, what uh, man, what, what are, are we you, working on here? What are you rocking out to over there, buddy? Yeah, what are you, what are you doing, though? <laughs> Sorry, I was uh, looking at uh, something uh, on my phone for my, my pick of the week. Okay. Uh, Sorry we interrupted you with the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, it's okay, you know, because if you guys interrupt, it happens. It's not intentional. Nobody's trying to be mean or anything. It's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, tell so, us what you're up to, buddy. Why don't you do that? Well, what I what I am doing is I am house shopping in Galena, Illinois, where the temperatures are. Um, we got in the car uh, this morning, and the thing on the Jeep said zero. I, I looked at Casey. I says, "There's no temperature. We have no temperature out there. <laughs> <laughs> the temperature doesn't exist." So that was kind of weird. And then. Um, we there's a hot tub here which was really cool so we decided it was it was nine degrees outside and i'm like should we do it and it's like from the the master bedroom the hot tub is like seriously six feet we knew we can't run because it's iced over the deck right (laughs) so i went out i opened the lid and everything then we went back in got our got ourselves ready to do this and slowly so we didn't slip and kill ourselves got from point a to point b in the hot tub and it was okay as long as we sunk our heads down to right above the water because the Mm -hmm. wind was blowing enough that all of a sudden and my hair was too short but her hair's longer there was icicles on her hair yeah Yeah. the the steam was actually freezing on her hair and our ears started to hurt so we made maybe five ten minutes and we're like okay now, how do we get back inside? And then I was worried about, holy crap, what if I get out of the tub with my feet being wet and they stick to the ice on the, and I'd rip the soles of my feet. But you didn't bring flip-flops. Yeah, you got to have, have a flip-flop for that. No, no, I made it. I made it. I, I took the chance, and because I was so warm from being in the hot tub, it just melted. You see my little footprints going back into the room, and then I yeah. got a towel and everything ready for Casey. Then she came out and then got dressed, bundled up, Put on a uh, ten layers just so I can go back out to close the lid on the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, that's a, so, there's always so a downside to that. It sounds like so fun and cool, but then it's like there's all that time around it that just sort if, of stinks. If we, <laughs> if I had a transporter on the Enterprise where I could just make me be from the bedroom into the hot tub, it would have been great. But having to get in and out was the part that was crazy. So yeah, it's, it's weird. It's it's not as horrible as I thought because we've only spent thirty seconds at a time going from a warm place to the car and from the car to a warm place. But just it's weird to see temperatures that are zero. It's zero degrees. It was negative three the other day, um, and like right now, I think it's nine or ten degrees outside. So it's just weird. That's that's what I'm doing. You have the you have like the rental car or whatever, but like like I don't know what the deal is with gas, but like if you need to fill it up before you can just do that, stand outside long enough to just stand still and fill your car when it's zero degrees, and it, that's it just takes that long for you to like feel it, you know. Oh like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, horrible. no, I've spent like we <laughs> we went to um, 
uh, a coffee shop in town. So we parked. It wasn't that far, but I went outside. I was going to walk back to the car. And then when I got to the car, something my got signal on my phone. So I looked at it for a few seconds. So I'm like checking Facebook while I'm standing outside of the car. And then all of a sudden I started realizing I can't move my hand. <laughs> yeah. it was that cold so yeah it's it's yeah. insane temperature like the, so the, the 30s is fine like the 20s is cold and but you it's okay and then when the 20s with the windy is like when it starts to get miserable but zero is just miserable like it doesn't matter it was, what it's it's been know? it's been in the single digits the first day we got here it was like 40 and i think you guys were teasing me about that it's like oh it's 50 yeah. here. oh you got lucky like, oh, you know yeah yeah, yeah. And that's it. Ever since then, it's been uh, single digits or, or like in midday, if the sun comes out, it gets up to like 16. So, mm. but it, yeah, I lived. I didn't like it at all, but I lived. It's only six months of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. It's like two months worth of that yeah. cold. Yeah. Jan- it's January, February. You yeah. know, that's and when you have those really hard, but like December is usually pretty tolerable and. March is when it starts to kind of, you see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Well, we got here Wednesday, and then Thursday there was an ice storm. So they closed the schools, everything. Yep. So there was a little bit of rain that ended up freezing on the ground immediately. All of the plows came out. People were throwing salt everywhere. So it's not like they weren't prepared. People are used to it around here. Right on. Yeah. That's cool, good. man. That's, that's oh, a, it's an interesting experience, you know, for a California so I, boy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Trying to, I'm trying to make... Warm. What are you guys working on? Tim, what about you? What's going on? Um, well, I was at the, I mean, I, you know, I'm working on stuff or whatever, but I was at the, um, this just yesterday, we're recording a little early. I was at the woodworking show in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, oh, I yeah. brought Vance there and it was, it was awesome. There's like, I don't want to like start mentioning names cause I don't want to miss anybody, but there's like all sorts of people there. And, uh, it was great seeing all of you and meeting new people and talking to people. And they're like, Oh, I, I feel like I know you, but you have, no idea who I am. And it's like, yeah, you know, so, uh, sorry, buddy. I forget your name right now. Uh, but yeah, Hey, I know you now. So it's cool, you know? And, um, it, uh, we did that and Vance was awesome there. He had a great time. Vance was like a rock star and, uh, it was a lot of fun, but we were just talking about the cold Vance wanted to buy. Cause there's always a guy at one of these shows with like a, the, the chainsaw mill or the, the, the portable mills, you know, not a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you the know, Alaskan mill. The trailer mill, you know, where you have the it's oh, a bandsaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's a bandsaw. It's a bandsaw you know, mill. Okay, yeah, yeah. bandsaw mill, but you tow it on a trailer, and it's, it's a portable mill. And um, the uh, they're they're always out there making slabs by the front door, you know, and they sell them pretty cheap because they're trying to sell the machine, you know. Because they're green, also, you got to age them. Yeah, and they're green, so they yeah. take a couple years. And they so don't want to take it back. <laughs> exactly, they don't want to have to carry it back. But um, so so Vance saw that and he was all interested in it. Like he, you know, he's seen it before because this is like the third show I've taken to. But uh, he was like, I want to, I want to get a slab because we were, we were talking about how cheap it was. Can, can we get a slab? I was like, yeah, because I was thinking to myself, like, what a fun learning experience this will be for Vance to be like, yeah, here you go, you bought this, you can't touch it for two years. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, but um, so we, uh, Vance bought a uh, a twenty dollars slab. That was, it's a smaller one. It's only about three feet. He didn't want a big one. He wanted to make a little, like, he's picturing <laughs> making, like, a side table, you know, um, or a small coffee table. Like, he wants to do that. And uh, and so he bought this slab. It's not a it's not a crotch slab, you know. It's just a, but it's got, it's live edge. And and um, I bought a couple pieces. What is it, pieces. though? It's walnut. Uh, oh, walnut. wow. So, wow. and I bought, I bought a couple pieces. It's got some, you know, some the the white, the heartwood in it. What is it? Sapwood and heartwood. And, 
The yeah. sapwood's the white, you know, and it's got some of that. And they had these two boards there that were like almost all sapwood of walnut. So there, it was like almost like um, Colby Jack cheese, you know. <laughs> but there was no live edge to them. They were pretty squared off and stuff. And I asked the guys, like, how much for those? He's like, I was like, yeah, ten bucks. Like, all right, I'll take both of them, you know, ten bucks each. And and um, and then the, they had a pile of stuff that you could just pick for free, you know. And so Vance was having a blast in there. But by this point, it was about 20 degrees, and the wind was blowing, and Vance and I were like, oh, it'll be quick, and we didn't have any gloves on, and Vance and I got in the car like, that was horrible, we're freezing, <laughs> like, yeah, you know? So, um, but it was pretty cool, like, so now that I haven't taken him out, but so Vance is gonna, I'm gonna have him come to the shop sometime this week, and we'll, we'll sticker them, and have him, you know, label them, and paint the ends, and, and all that stuff, and, you know, it'll be a great learning experience. It's a little, little sticker, Vance age nine is when you can touch this. Right, yeah, yeah. Do not, yeah, do not open till till Christmas 2019. Yeah. But his will, but I have a moisture reader, so we'll be able to go up there and he can come every time he's at the shop, he can read it with the moisture reader and, and but check it. But it should be faster, right? Because yeah, it's be the fast. winter now, so it's drier than it would be had you bought this in the summer. Absolutely. And uh yeah. it'll and, and the the piece isn't that thick and it's not that big, so it'll be it'll be ready in a year or less. Okay. Yeah, maybe even 6 months honestly. But uh Sweet. Yeah. Now, but, well, how him, do you get it but he's seven, so it'll feel like, you know, it'll feel like forever. a seventh of his life. Yeah, yeah. Mm, how far know. does the moisture level have to come down before it's usable? I mean, they for proper woodworking, they say like you know nine percent, ten percent, and stuff like that. And I haven't checked it yet, but it's probably the thirty. You know, I don't okay. know twenty five right now. Um, who knows? I bet I it's know. lower because it's so dry out. Uh, yeah, I just I had been sitting in the van, but you know, it was it was so wet. Two days ago, it was, it was crazy here because all the snow, all the 18 inches oh, or whatever yeah, yeah. snow is gone now. And it was oh. raining and stuff. We had this huge rain come through, too. There's like the ground is just this. And now it's all freezing. And my, my shop is going to be an ice skating rink because there's one bay of my shop that because there's just so much moisture from that crazy yeah. warm spell that we had. And it was all foggy and, you know, and everything and everything melted. And it all, like, there's the one bay of my shop just was wet like it was just soaked because it was coming through the foundation and stuff it's probably so, ice skating rink now tomorrow i'm gonna so walk we had that fall. then we had a snowstorm oh so, yeah we had rain so yeah it all melted everything was gone i said well, it was like all the snow's gone that night eight inches fell <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's right Maybe yeah even so yeah we didn't get any of the that. car out this morning <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're supposed to get some tomorrow, but or whatever. But hey, well, anyways, what are you, what are you working on? What I'm working on is uh, this was my last. Uh, well, it was my second of my two weeks off, so I, I got to do a lot of playing around in the shop. Um, I showed you guys earlier, but I made this cool. And maybe I'll take an Instagram shot of it later. I made this this cool phone holder, and I made it like extra large because I wanted to make something like just really big and beefy. And uh, I made it out of uh, some mahogany. It's Maranta Mahogany that Paul Jackman helped me identify uh, that came from bed slats. I think I talked about this and some of the Ernestina white oak. So it looks like this like 1950s like executive object that you'd find on a massive desk. And uh, and I used uh, shellac on it for the first time I've ever used shellac. And that was fun and what a like great that? finish. It's super smooth. <clears throat> and I'm currently making a uh, a chessboard, so I'm playing with that in the garage. The second of the glue ups is being done right now, and you guys gave me a great tip in the uh, in the pre show, which was to uh, just glue it down to some substrate because it'll curl up. 
And what else did I make? Oh, I made some really, really cool... Did I talk about this last week? I made some CNC art for Game of Thrones. I think I talked about that. Yeah, yeah you did. It was cool. Yeah. And I feel like I did one more thing, but I can't remember. And I've been playing, like, video games, and I've been watching a ton of movies, and so... <laughs> But yeah, so so you've had really a lot of shop up. time, which is cool. Like you I, know? I've had a lot of shop time, which is yeah. like uh, foreshadowing for next week's topic. But I don't even want to mention it because it's going to be like, what did you oh, think yeah, about the shellac? I know. I liked it. I liked it. You know, the the um, the Home Depot where I'm at didn't have the clear <laughs> shellac. It only had like the orange stuff. And I really was um, when I when I before it was finished, this piece had like the white oak. So like the white part of it was really white, and then there's this part of it that sort of like aged, I guess it's the tannins it's, part. It's from the salt water. From it's the salt like, water, right? Um, so yeah, and, and because what happens is, and then there's also probably a spike in there or something. Yeah, there's nail. So right. that's that's not typical of white oak. It's like no, that's of course not. Reclaimed white oak off of a ship <laughs> that looks like that. Yeah, it's you know? very it's really, unique. It's so, really cool. Yeah. So it had like these really dark blue, like waves in it. So when I had, I oriented it so it looked like the sand was at the bottom and then the ocean was at the top because it had this white from the white oak. And this blue from being stained with the salt water and probably the iron from the spike. And it looked amazing. And I was like, whoa, this is going to be, like, so cool. And then it got, with the orange from the shellac, it totally changed it. So it looks like orange and black now. Mm. Which, at first, I was kind of upset. And I was thinking, maybe I should just sand this off and just use, like, boil linseed oil or even just lacquer because I really like the look. But then, but then this really grew on me. And it feels like it's maybe bluing up a little bit. So, But I'm going to keep it. Now, have you thought about, like, buying the shellac flakes and making your own, like, mixing your own? That's that's hardcore. I don't know if I'm there yet. It's not hardcore. Uh, your buddy, buddy Spags can tell you how. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I was thinking. Like, he knows all of that stuff. Yeah. And then you He's got videos on it. And, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm there yet. I, I bought, like, the sampler. Actually, it's not a sampler. What's the size that's that's not the quart? The quart is like this it's, big, and yeah, then, it's the little half pint or whatever it is. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. that's what I picked up, and I'll probably go through that in I don't know six months. We'll see. Because I've been playing with a lot of different finishes. I've got the boil linseed oil, lacquer, the wipe on poly, like, a, and then the shellac. So, and I've been using them based on the project and how quickly I need it to be done, and you know how I well, want the, they, the wood to come they, out. Yeah, they all do different things and give you a different right. feel and. Like I, I love boiled linseed oil, but not that's not like my final finish. I'll no. do, you know, I'll put that on and then I'll do a couple coats of shellac over it. You know what I mean? Clear shellac though, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, the maybe. problem for me for boiled linseed and I love the way it makes the grain pop, is that it takes like a good twenty four to forty eight hours for it to cure. Um it takes yeah, longer I guess than it, that, actually. Well it soaks in and it's just it sort of changes and stuff. I mean, I feel like yeah. uh I mean, I'll put it on and wipe it off, and and then the next day I can put the shellac over it, though. Yeah, I so mean, it's at least it's 24 hours. I actually yeah. had some seep through two layers of spray lacquer. Yeah, yeah. Because I put it on too soon. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, like, it's interesting hell? like that. But, you know, if the wood's really dry, it kind of just sucks it back up, and it's good for the wood, you know? Yeah. Like that old reclaim no, no, wood, sure. it gets all dry, you know? Well, but, uh, Jimmy, with uh, his uh, farm table, used the, the soap. And, um, I thought that was interesting. I'd never seen that before. Yeah, well, I tried. Yeah. I can tell you this: that I thought, well, why, why start with the solid soap and make a liquid? So I used some Tide. It didn't work out so well. Didn't work. <laughs> you try swallowing one of those pods first. Yeah, candy, a little candy pod. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for for people who might not know, which is probably no one, but but Jimmy Duressa recently made a video of a white oak table with um, a farmhouse table, and, and he took soap flakes and, and melted them down in. Um, what did he use again? Was it just water? 
It wasn't just water. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how he melted it. Yeah, yeah, I have to but, watch the video but, again, but because it was fast, and he showed it, but it was fast, and but anyways, but it was it was a really it was really interesting, I, and I made a mental note. It's like I'm going to remember that because it yeah. didn't change the color of the wood at all, but I gave it that waxy. It's top, yeah, it's it's know. basically like using a, a beeswax or something. Or something yeah, yeah to, but to I, do a, I mean, I've done that safe. before with yeah, and I I use uh, beeswax and linseed oil all the time. Like I have mm-hmm. a little polish of that, and it's great. But this was different. It was like white, you know. Mm. Yeah, it was really clear. Yeah, interesting. Like no no coloration. I guess that's part of working smarter. And not hard. Well, that's it looked true. like hard work, though. It did look like hard But So what's our topic? It's uh, working smarter. Not. Nah, just smarter? Just, just working just smarter? Hard. Just working okay. smarter. Okay. Because okay. you still have to work pretty hard. But if you work smarter, then maybe you cut down on mistakes and, you know, you get things done differently. Right. Well, just even cutting out half of the title of the podcast is, you know, that's smarter. Saving is sufficient. You're not, you're not working right. as hard by just only having to say work yeah. smarter. I like I like yeah. short titles because then yeah. stuff gets cut off. And well, the cliche. Stuff. I mean, the, the cliche that it was Bill. Maybe you could you could uh, uh, introduce it because you did come up with the idea for the topic. Yes. And we do tell, do tell, Billiam. So you, you, know, you were going with the adage, not cliche. The adage. The the adage, yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot how it came in about, but it was uh, during last week's pre-show that we were, you know, speaking about doing some things, but just came up like, well, this would be, you know, do you prep when you're doing something to make it easier? Like if you're going to make a bunch of something, you want to well, work harder, not smarter. That's all. So mm-hmm. what are some examples of doing that? No, no, you just said that backwards, which is easy to do. <laughs> work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Did I say harder, not smarter? Don't work so yeah. hard, Bill. I think is I where we're going. Which is this. funny because I, I, said, I said that. Don't work harder, work oh. smarter. Okay. Somebody okay. somebody will listen to that and say, no, that's say, not no, what you said. Because no. I, I even typed it wrong in my notes. Like, I typed work harder, not smarter. And then I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> no wonder I'm not getting ahead in life. Yeah. I was going to say, how can we do that? Um, whether it's making something, whether it's getting ready to make something, whether it's bringing, you know, going to pick up materials. So I think we can really talk about a lot of different aspects of that. I'll give you two examples. So one of my favorite ways to make stuff is just by the seat of my pants and trial and error and, oh, this works, oh, this doesn't work, and just sort of playfully build stuff. Um, yes, it's more fun, but ultimately you waste more material and it takes twice as long. Uh, so just building it up in SketchUp or Infusion or whatever would certainly be a smarter way of making things. I don't know if it necessarily would be more fun for me, but it certainly would be uh, it would be smarter. And then and then cut lists. I don't when I go to Home Depot if I'm ever going to buy something, I don't have a cut list. I just yeah, that looks like a that's probably about enough. That's that's enough of that stuff. Is is I'm I'm wondering though if that's not an actual smarter way to do things sometimes when you need to learn a new process. Take that you know, it might take a little bit longer time, you might use up some material, but it's like, you know what, I gotta make this thing I've never made before. I'm gonna goof around, I'm gonna try some experiments, I'm gonna you know it's it's one thing to do it on SketchUp, I would imagine, but it's another thing to say, Oh, I'm gonna try and glue this here. That didn't work. I'm gonna try and cut this here. That mm-hmm. did work. So in a way that can be it can be smarter to say to you to give you the knowledge you need to, to not work as hard the next time if you got to make five of those, you know. So maybe experimentation could be hard, uh, smarter, not harder. Well, it's a it's that learning <clears throat> opportunity is what that is, and, and yeah. it's, ne- it's not necessarily 
the, the smarter thing to do at the time, but it's going to make you smarter, you know. But it will save time in the future. Exactly. It's going to make you smarter, so it's going to... Yes. We're all you three know, of us saying yeah. three different things and going, and exactly. exactly the same. I totally agree. We're finding different reasons for that to be smart, I think, is what we're doing. Yeah. I, I mean... Yeah. I, I, they, both, they certainly both have their place. Um, yeah. If I had to do everything in SketchUp first and then make it in the garage, I promise you I, I wouldn't make very many things it's just not not as fun for me I, the process of being hands-on is the reason why i'm so attracted to making yeah. in the first place yeah sure. absolutely so, yeah yeah that's i you know i hear you i do it the same way but i i, I think i build it out in my head a lot before i get well, to the yeah. shop you know yeah, you and i are like that yeah yeah I, yeah we've talked way. about that before yeah Build yeah, it, I take mean, it apart build it take it apart by the fourth yeah. or fifth time it's like oh i forgot about that and, yeah mm, iteration yeah what about um what about cut lists you, for a project, you build out a cut list and then go and buy your supplies based on that? I would call uh, that more prep work for me. I would say that um, if I'm going to make something that I kind of know how it's going to happen, then, then yes, I would use a, a cut list or I would gather materials that I already have in my shop, especially if I'm going to build multiple of something. So I do try and do the prep work to have, okay, I've got all the hardware over here. I've got the material I'm going to cut over here. I've got the the bed frames over here I got to cut up and you know if I'm going to use it for angle iron I've got so yeah you you kind of do the prep work to make that production part of what you're doing a little bit easier or cut mm-hmm. list I've never really used a cut list per se like write it down like a shopping list I don't know I'm not even sure what a cut list is so <laughs> I like you just spoke for three yeah. and a half minutes I to is be it? honest with you I don't even yeah. know what you just but said but I have no I have no idea what that is <laughs> You freaking kill me. Tim, you routinely buy material for your projects. Do you go there with a cut list or you have Uh, a mental accounting of what you need? Sometimes I, I mean, I I have a shopping list for sure. Sometimes I have a, I don't bring the cut list necessarily. I have like, but I'll figure out, depends on the project. Like I just, I just made this, this um, project that we're here right now. The, uh, the, what is it called? Receptionist desk. That's a plywood based project, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I, I'm not going to just go, oh, I guess I need eight sheets of plywood. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to figure that yeah. out. And especially with plywood where it's that, that specific size, figure out, well, how am I going to, how am I going to build this piece? Um, I built the piece based on the most efficient way to buy plywood. And I, and so I, I had designed the cuts on the plywood ahead of time, right? The, the piece is six feet long on one side and four feet long on the other side. So I could have made a, a six foot by two foot, section and then a two foot by two foot section and attach them that way but i decided to make two four foot sections because it's all going to be not seen anyways when it's done you know it'll make sense when i make the video but um, um but so that was the most efficient way to use plywood like i wouldn't end up having to go into a third sheet that way you know like things like that yeah. um sure and that's that comes with um well that was one of the things i wrote down for my ideas was stop and think like don't just like go like oh i'm gonna need plywood i'm gonna need this i'm gonna need that stop and think is what i was calling it Right. Not, it's what, not a, a bona fide cut list, though. I don't really, I don't what, do anything would a, right. <laughs> would a cut list be something that you would come up with to help somebody else who's trying to build your design? Isn't, isn't that the idea? Like in SketchUp, I, you you do this plans. And then, yeah, yeah you, you, but cut you, list is like like okay, I need four two by fours and uh, 
you know, one needs to be uh, sections of 24 inches, the next one needs to be section of 12 inches, you know, that kind of thing. So it's more like your parts yeah. list after it's been cut down. And I did, when I made plans for Milescraft, that's what I, I did. I included a cut list, I included plans, I included... But you didn't uh, have a cut list when you made the thing. You... No. Right, so the cut list would the go for somebody else, later. not yourself. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, pretty much, I guess so. But, like, mm. I, had I... Had I done, I could have done a cut list ahead of time. Instead, I flew by the seat of my pants, made it, and then created plans retroactively. I, I find that if uh, you know working reclaimed, um, I, if there's a limited amount of something like, oh, I have to, in, I have to make this out of this, and uh, I mean, there's limited amounts of, of anything, I guess, always because you don't want to just be buying wood and cutting and throwing it away. But a lot of times, uh, the project will be like, I'm using the, the white oak from the Ernestina ship, you know, and I only have this much of it. How can mm-hmm. I make this happen? Uh, yeah. That's when I find myself getting really specific with cut lists. Um, you know, to and where I'm writing them down. I need six of these at this long. Because, but then there's other times where I have, I had like like a, you know, a couple thousand board feet of of cedar from a fence that I got for free. And so it's like, oh, I got to make something out of the cedar. I'm like, all right, just start cutting, just cutting, yeah. you know, and like, and, and then it's like, oh, I need another piece. Okay, you know. So that that's in the reclaim world. That is that is probably specific to the reclaim world more so than any other world. If you're buying lumber, I would agree. or if you, yeah. or the uh, the the naturally felled guys, the guys that are cutting their own milling their own wood, it would be specific to them too. But well, either they have I a think, ton I think of it, it is or specific not. to reclaimed because like someone drops you know a thousand board feet of cedar plank on your uh, on your doorstep, and well, I can do whatever the hell I want with this because no matter what I do with it, it's going to be better than where it was going to go anyways. Yeah. It was heading and then literally the for the landfill. Of, yeah. 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 And then the inverse is like, you know, I have this this treasured wood from, from this 150-year-old schooner. Mm. I've got uh, four inches by four inches. I better make some good – like, you know mm. this, right? I held you know, on to this wood for so pit. long. Right. You don't, you don't like, want to send that to the fire pit. That's got to get used. No. It's the so cedar, valuable. It's got such a story. But then the cedar, it's like, oh, it's chilly in here. I'm going to grab a handful of cedar and throw it in the fire yeah. pit. Well, what, what's the difference, right? <laughs> right, yeah, It's yeah. a great story. Uh, this was Mr. Johnson's fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. <laughs> and he's rich, and he decided he wanted a new fence. So, yeah. <laughs> 10 yeah. years Sit later. Sit down, kids. You know, I got a story yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you about the rich people in West Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Versus, you know, yeah. this 150-year-old schooner or whatever it is. Like, I, I love that. Like, I'm going to mm. keep this desk in my office, and someone's going to be like, oh, did you make that? I was like, have a seat. Do I have a story for you? <laughs> Sit right back and let me hear the tip. Yeah, so, I'm going to so, be Jed Clampett. This yeah. makes me think of, um, of doing the opposite. This might be opposite of that. It might be sacrilege for us as reclaimers, but one of the things that you might have to do to work smarter, not harder, is when you choose, we have to choose not to reclaim, not to use reclaimed materials. If you've got a deadline if you or if you don't have enough, um, you know, using reclaimed, it's it's labor intensive more so than using mm-hmm. lumber yard materials. So yeah, know, know your budget. <laughs> know your budget. Know your yeah. time limit. Know your time frame. Know when not to. It's like you know what? I can make you that pallet wood table. Don't worry about it. I only got to get thirty pallets and take them apart like Paul Jackman would do. Um, and I'll do it in two days. That's not going to happen. So you got to no. work smarter. Hey, I can make you this table, blah, 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 blah. And I'll use, I'll use this, you know, cedar that somebody gave or whatever. So there's a time when not to do reclaimed or not to reclaim the wood for the project and a time to buy reclaimed or buy, you know, you can still buy, uh, sustainable lumber. Just know when 
is a good time to do that. You know, you yeah, be smart about it. Yeah, and understand. But I mean, a lot of that is is just baptism by fire. We learn as we go. Like, and pe- but customers sometimes will have that if you're doing it for or a friend even. Like a friend is like, oh yeah, hey, I saw this on Pinterest. Can you make this for me? It's like, yeah, but I got to break down thirty pallets, you know, and that's like a lot of work. Like it's right. you understand that you can't just give it away. You know, you mm. can't. Well, that or you're or you're 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 literally staying up working eighteen hours for a couple of yeah. days to do that. And again, that's that's working way harder. That's not working smarter. Yeah, you know? quality of life. Yeah, I've made those Etsy mistakes when I first started making these whiskey boxes. <laughs> And I wasn't charging nearly enough. I was charging, let's say, a hundred bucks for one of these boxes, and it took eight to ten hours to make because I was still learning. And uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, I could have that too by Friday. And don't forget, I still have a day job, so I'd be working mm. till two, three in the morning, three nights in a row to make ultimately, I don't know, fifteen, twenty bucks an hour. Yeah, I'm like yeah. that's just not worth it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things I've made that I. I'm like, well, I'm never making that again, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you kind of learn and, you know, some projects you come ahead on and some projects you, you lose on just because of, you know, your own stupidity and, you know, not being smart enough, you yeah. know. That's and shipping, I mean, here's a good one. Oh, uh, know exactly what shipping is going to cost before you quote, because yeah. I'm always like, yeah, it'd probably be about, I don't know, $40 to ship that. Mm. Then I ship it. Uh, that'll be $73, sir. And I'm like, oh, good. I lost money on this one. Yep. Yep. I need I need the dimensions of the project figured out, and I need the weight of it figured out, and I need your zip code before I give you the final quote. <laughs> so, so Tim, I mean uh, Bill, somebody sent me a funny message today because I see your, what do you open up there? Is that a Lacroix? It is. Okay, all right. Somebody, <clears throat> someone sent me something very funny about that today. Uh, here we go. His name is Jeremy Gunkel. Yes, Jeremy is oh, quite yeah, active yeah. on Instagram. Correct. Yeah. LaCroix tastes like if you were drinking carbonated water and someone screamed out loud the name of a specific fruit in the other room. (laughs) (laughs) That's called essence. That's called the essence of the flavor. Actually, uh, that was somebody else's tweet, but he forwarded me somebody's tweet on Instagram. I laughed. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) See, there's a lot of LaCroix. Yeah. Those are the empties. I used to... I had a face... I had a phase for a while where I was drinking. They, it was like in plastic <clears throat> liter liter bottles, like the, the deposit, you know, five cent deposit. Liter like cola, small, yeah. not two liter, but one liter. Yeah, okay. and uh, but it was all it was uh, sparkling seltzer water. They would sell it at uh, it was like the the store brand, like Shoprite brand or whatever. Yeah. it was like it was like three of these things for sixty nine cents or some ridiculous yeah. price, and it was like lemon lime and this and that. It was exactly like that. It was just that barely. It's like yeah, it's, it's lemon. You're like oh, okay, I. I yeah. Get that yeah, now. I think you know? I taste that. If the label said it was grapefruit, I'd probably say, "Yeah, okay, I can do that." Yeah. But uh, I used to love that stuff, and then I got then I got over it because I just all I the waste, all those bottles. I just drink water now. You know what I mean? <laughs> and not bottled water. Drink water in you know my little yeah, thing. My but that's but thing. Tim, that's smarter. <laughs> hey, um, I I had written this down as. Uh, one of my ideas that I think a lot of people maybe find useful, I don't know, or at least look at something differently. But when I developed my shop and then I've, I've redesigned it and I continue to redesign it, um, the, the reasoning I have in my head is comes from when I used to be a cook, a line cook. And there was a term in, uh, when we were doing prep and it comes from the Escoffier, like the formal French cooking is kind of where I learned about cooking. And uh, the term mise en place. 
And yeah, uh, plating. It's, uh, no. <laughs> mise en plate. Does that mean to put on the plate? No, mise en plate is a place for everything. Like uh, it's everything in its place. So it's like you, when you're a line cook, you have all of your um, your ingredients, like all the, the stuff laid out in the refrigerator. The, okay. In the bain marie, perhaps you know the the Mary's bath water, <laughs> the hot water bath that you keep the stuff warm, or the um, the uh, I forget the, the name trays. of the pantry. Steam trays, yeah. Actually, the Bay Marine might have been the the ice bath. I don't remember. But anyways, uh, the idea is to keep all of your products, all of your tools, everything there. So when it's time to use it, you can reach for it and grab it. And that's what I'm always talking about in the shop. Like, I don't have flip carts in my shop. I have everything at mm. waist height. And, and so my shop is designed to flow that way. So I can, if you, if you walk out of my storage room where the wood is, the first thing you see is the jointer the planer, and the table saw, because that's the first thing you're going to use. And then from there, it goes onto my workbench where I have my hand planes and my hand saws and my this and my that. And the other thing, and my, my router table is on the other side of it. And, and, and then it gets processed down, right? So, so it's that's like, the, a, uh, like a workflow. maker feng shui. Well, yeah, workflow is what it is. Um, right, but, yeah. uh, you know, and so really, like, think about that. If you want to work smarter and not harder, think about that in where everything is, too. It's not just about the project itself, but it's about how you're going to have your tools, where they're going to be. My video yeah. I just put out this week was actually about that, um, too. My YouTube video was my... I, I built this little tool caddy thing that's on this post in my shop. It's like yes, about the, the layout of it. You know, there's my knife. There's my tomatoes. There's everything I need to make this sandwich or this table or whatever, you know. Yeah, that, that does apply more so to a large enough shop to be able to have that luxury. I was thinking that, but I didn't know how to say that. Nice no, thing. it does not. No. You spent, yeah. uh, how much time did you spend on your tool wall, Phil? Oh, yeah, that. But I mean, like like laying out That's, your tools based entirely on, yeah, it's, on it's workflow a, a can be challenged by a minimal space. Like, there's only a few places where certain tools are going to fit. So, sure. Yeah. Sometimes, and that's, that's like, where the prep work would go. Instead of having the layout be ready for you, maybe you, before you start, okay, I'm going to pull out my sander. I'm going to pull out my, this thing. I'm going to, you know, when, lay oh, them out ahead it, of time. Granted, I'm lucky. I have the space where I can have them pretty much everything I want out. I mean, some of it's on wheels. And where you away. want it. And well, where I want it. Now, but you, Phil, you could think about that as you're storing your stuff, though. It's like, think about when, what are you going to pull out first? You're going to, you know, you're, you're going to pull this out first. You're going to pull that out first. So so what's going to be on what shelf? Maybe it's the, the drawers. Like in the kitchen, we can't have all the food out. It's got to be in the refrigerator. But you open the refrigerator up and store it in a certain location so you can pull it out. But There's just some things that have to go in a certain way. You don't have that choice. But you're right, too, because having a bigger shop, it's real easy to have it so disorganized. So if, yes. if you've got that space, it's almost just as important. It's not you're lucky to have a big shop. You actually have more responsibility if you wanted to have a good workflow to put things in an order that, that makes sense. Yeah, Smaller and, and, shops, you might have to prep. And like I said, so before mm-hmm. you start, you pull things out. I'm going to set things up here. I'm going to set this down there. So it's where I can reach it in a certain workflow in the order that I need it. Yeah, you know, it's like the saying, if you have uh, the, the person that's busiest has the least time or the more time, you yeah. know, the, the busier, the more time you have. You ever heard that? Yeah. Nothing but no. net, Tim. That was brilliant. Um, but I will say, <laughs> uh, going on the theme Nailed of working, it. yeah, <laughs> you you got it. Um, casters, having everything yeah. on casters yeah. is definitely very smart and really easy. Like I made that um, that planer cart that's on wheels, 
And when I need to use the planer, I unroll it, I put it, I hook it up to the dust collector. When I'm done with it, I put it away. It's great. And then, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I was actually thinking of this, this funny joke because I was doing it today because I was just planing a ton of stuff, like everything because everybody's coming home tomorrow. So I figured, you know what? Let me just do a whole bunch of milling today. Who gives a rat's ass? Nobody's going to be home. No one's going to hear this. So I just went with like the loudest tool in the shop and just started planing a whole bunch of stuff. And I thought maybe I'd just call it like planing day. You know, yeah. like, like the movie Training, Training Day. Day. Yeah. yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to make that post on Instagram, but then I didn't. And I want to say it now because I don't like to waste jokes. I like to, <laughs> yeah. I'm a conservationist. But um, where was I going with that? Yeah, the casters. Like, And I want to do the same thing for my CNC machine. I've got to put casters on that cart because there's stuff behind it that I can't get to. I'm like climbing on top of it and over it, and that's no good. So mm-hmm. I think casters is a very, very smart way of orienting and 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 putting a workflow together in a small shop. Absolutely. Well, and, and also the second advantage to that is, and this is weather permitting, of course, especially for you guys, um, having things on casters, moving it out of the way. Yeah. Open the garage door, pull everything you're not going to use. That's that's what I do constantly. I move everything out into the driveway that I'm not going to be using, so I have room to work around my table saw and my workbench. And that's a, that's just another advantage to having casters. Not only can you put it where you want, you can also put it where you don't want it to be. Yeah, I, I don't do that though. I, I do. I, I I I need space. I try. I, it, it's really tough to to feel too cramped in. Yeah, in space. I want to be able to do and a windmill with my arms out. So I'll give you another point about that because you've got room, right? So if you open up your garage door and you can work outside and you can wheel things out, you could work a full sheet on your table Correct. saw, no problem, right? Right. Cool. She could. So another point of that is, let's say. You know, it snows year-round wherever you are, or whatever the case may be. Buying tools that allow you to work smarter, not harder, for example, a track saw. Correct. So if you don't have yeah. room for a big table saw, I, I think you always need a table saw. But let's say you don't have room for a massive one with a 52-inch table. suggestion. Absolutely. You know, track saw is the way to, is to break down sheet goods in a smaller space. I, I didn't have a table saw for like the first three years of my business because I cut myself on one and I was like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. And I did everything with a skill saw, not even a track saw, just a skill saw. I used right. to rip yeah. quarter inch, quarter inch, you know, trim and stuff with it. You know, you just, you just, cause you're cutting the, you cut a quarter inch piece off and you put your trim around your, you know, if you're trimming out the edge of plywood and stuff, yeah. I did everything with it. Yeah. You don't That's, even need a table saw. It's just, I mean, it's, but it's like all those tools, everything is about making it easier and faster. Yeah, yeah right? definitely. You know, so. But, um, yeah, you, you know, can do it without. One of the things I wrote down, too, um, is when to use your power tools to save time. Uh, you've got, I know it's great if you guys are into using your hand planes and chisels and blah, 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 blah. But sometimes uh, when when things are in a time crunch, again, all these little things that you can do to, to work a little bit smarter as opposed to harder, you know, put those hand planes away and get your sander out. Put those chisels away and get the whatever. You know what I mean? Use mm. the saw. James Wright would disagree, but that's what he does. But he works really hard to make really beautiful stuff. Um, sometimes you want you don't need to make it as beautiful, and you just need to make get it done and quickly and quality. You know, put the time and effort into it. But think about the tools you're going to use for the job. What what do you need to get done? Yeah, I when I use hand tools, it's mm-hmm. actually to do something faster than it would be. Then taking the time to set up the power tool. Set up. Yep. That's the big thing. Like if I need to do a round over on a table, I can grab my, my bench plane or my block plane 
and do it way faster than I can get my router out, put the round over bit in, set the height, do a test cut, and then plug it in and then, you know, yeah. and do the yeah, table. But, like, but when you're building 10 or something, think about then it's that, the too. Set of then you worth said, it, for oh, sure. yeah, then, then the set of time is worth right. it, absolutely. And that's, and that's totally all I'm working. Think about that's what's going to be smarter. quicker. Yeah. yeah, not necessarily, you know, always choose a power tool over a hand tool to be faster. I'm saying knowing which tool to use that is quicker, more efficient to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep, that's a, that is a that is a very good point. Uh, it is different for every job. Uh, yeah, I had absolutely. I wanted to to change topics. I know we're going to run out of time, but this is a sort of co- maybe controversial thing. Oh, I, I love it. I it, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just. But for me, it is because I str- <laughs> I, I struggled with this. So I struggled. But like you know, I'm the guy. Like if I I just got to sew a button on a shirt. I like I pull off the smallest piece of thread I can because I don't want to waste thread. But that means it's like a big pain in the neck to sew that button on because you can't even get the needle around and you run out. You don't have enough thread, and then the button falls off faster because it wasn't you didn't have those extra ten loops or whatever that you needed because you're being stingy with thread, right? So sometimes you need to use more thread. Now there's a point to this. <laughs> um, I I always didn't want to like I didn't want to run it through the planer. I didn't want to waste the wood. Um, and now I'm at this point where I'm kind of realizing that maybe I'd be working smarter, like if instead of trying to get, like you know, use that every inch of that piece of wood to to mill it up and use it, you know, with reclaimed wood especially and stuff. To if you have this, you know, uh, and I, I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> Not as but, of yet, but I have faith. But uh, you know, if if you need to. You're, you need to make a table that's square. It needs to be, you know, say four foot long by four foot long, we'll say, or four foot by two foot. And so you cut all your boards at 48 inches long, but then, you know, you glue them together, but then there's that edge you got to cut off, so now it's 47 and a half inches. So like all those little things like that, go ahead and just cut it 50 inches long, glue it together, and then make it square. Like little things like that, because I was so careful. I didn't want to waste any piece of wood. I wanted no scrap. And then oh, I know I, what you're saying. And then yeah. when I started, you know, in the, you know, and like I didn't want to, I didn't want to plane this whole thing down. I don't want to run through the bench. I was like, well, I'll try to glue it together, and then just so I don't waste all that wood, and I can just oh. sand this even once yeah, it's together. But then, Sometimes but then you end up spending all this time. To, right. Sometimes yeah. the smarter thing to do is to give yourself some room for error. A little wood. Cut it room. long, and, yeah. Cut it long, and then work it in, and, and all that. And that's something that's really been hard for me to learn. Like that I feel actually, like I have, when, when you do it that way, it takes longer because it's like I've got you know. Five pieces of wood that are 48 inches long. I have to line them up perfectly now when yep. I do my glue up. And that is actually, it's not as efficient. Whereas if it, you say, you know what, I'll cut them 50 inches long, yeah. glue them together, get them close. Now I can square it up. That process is much faster. It's more efficient. I can move on to the next step, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, saving time, effort, yeah. and money. So, if you actually think of those scraps as being some kind of a savings that you're, you know, like, like, Everything within everything in moderation, you know, and like yeah, well, I always find that I get planar snipe anyway, so I've got to trim off the ends. Yeah. Right. So now I give myself that room for error on the planar snipe, at least an inch on both ends. It's like then, three inches usually. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's probably closer to three inches. So I give myself yeah. a good amount of room on both sides, and if not, then I scale down the project to begin with because I know that 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 could be a problem anyway. Yeah. You know, it's one of. I was going to say, one of the things I wrote down, I think maybe this is kind of wrap it up too, or unless you guys have more to add, um, this kind of, but it brings everything full circle is working smarter, not harder. A lot of that comes with experience. A lot of that comes with trial and error. It just comes mm-hmm. from getting some miles behind your belt. Um, so one of the, one of the tools that we do have is the maker community. 
You know, there might be somebody that you know that's in, you know, I don't know, Germany that's really good at making gear shift knobs. If you're making a gear shift knob for the first time, don't be afraid to reach out because you're going to save yourself a lot of time and effort if, if you know, you'll find Marcus. You know who we're talking about. I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, just saying, you if you know somebody, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to do an inside joke. Um, but what I'm saying is, it's like the community is really helpful. It's out there. And, you know, it could be online, it could be through snail mail, it could be whatever, but there's a lot of people that are out there. And if you're listening to us, reach out to us. We love the feedback. We love getting questions. And uh, if we can answer, we certainly will. But use that resource. So, you know, knowledge is king. You, you know, that's, it's a, that's a fantastic point. And, uh, you know, it's so easy to go onto YouTube now. And, but, you know, there's one thing to, like, watch a video or, or like, watch a movie to talk to someone. You know, or, or text with someone or whatever. I, I have people contact me fairly frequently asking me questions and yep. and stuff, and uh, and I, I'm very happy to answer. You know, I, I have no problem with that. I have no secrets or whatever. And and uh, sometimes I'm busy, and it's like, oh, you know, I don't really have time. I have to you know make them wait a little bit. But uh, at the same time, don't be afraid to ask. And I'm saying that to myself because I know I feel like since I'm the guy that has people asking me questions, that I should know the answers. And and I don't. I don't know everything, and I should not be afraid to. Don't be afraid to ask and, and, and be humble, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah. Well, don't be afraid to ask. And, and if you are somebody, if you don't know the answer, the answer that's you okay. could give somebody that's going to help them is to ask somebody else who does know. Yeah. I've done that before where somebody's asking me, you know, hey, man, I've got this three-phase motor, blah, 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 blah. You're, you know, you know about that. I'm like, well, actually, I don't. I just play somebody smart on a podcast. But I know Gib Clark knows or I know, you know, uh, Doc what, what Hildebrandt, pod- blah, blah. What podcast do you play someone smart on? <laughs> well, it's not actually published. I'm sorry, it's just, too easy. It's a little work in progress. I just, I just use yeah. my little LaCroix can as a microphone in the shower, and I pretend like, hey, welcome, everybody, to Bill's Thrills, because I'm waiting. Never mind. It's smart Reclaim Guy Billy cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. The, the original <laughs> name Billy of the podcast. Yeah. You know, Tim, uh, Bill, just to build on a point that you said earlier, and I guess maybe this will be the last one, but I, I wish you had said that like when we were discussing the topic because we could have framed this whole conversation and the difference between wisdom and smart, right? The difference between wise and smart because I think that's a huge part of it. It's like someone yeah. can be really smart, right? I, you know, I can come up with things, problem solving, but experience, which is what the difference between wisdom and intelligence is, is so critical to what we do in the shops. Like how many times have we made the same thing, you know, differently, or we could have done it better had we known. And and that's where wisdom comes from. And I think that's such a critical component of, uh, I guess, working smarter is having the experience, having done it in the past. (laughs) And new makers can't expect to be wise right off the, you know, you just can't. And it's like, we all kind of want to be, and we all, you know, we all want to be the Jimmy Duress and just go into the shop and make something awesome. But that guy's been doing it forever. Like you can't yeah. just, and it's, He's you know, wisdom, this guy. yeah, you have to be patient with your wisdom. <laughs> yeah. and more so in our case, new reclaimers, sometimes it, it's easy to make some rookie mistakes. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what the, we were talking about uh, cutting up pallet wood, and somebody was worried about trying to break them down and pop all the nails out and everything else. And, the, and it's like, well, are you actually, do you need that extra two inches? I mean, do you want the holes for the aesthetics? Well, no. Well, then use a sawzall. Just cut those pallets cut off, pop off, out yeah. the middle. Yeah, because he was building a pallet wall. So, I mean, there's, yeah. even in reclaiming, there's, 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 there's some uh, uh, wisdom gained by even just tearing apart a pallet. So, don't yeah. ever be afraid. And, and lovely community that we have. Um, people are not afraid to, to share their knowledge. 
we, we can do a whole. it or not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, let me tell you how to do that. You yeah, too. Let yeah. me tell you how to do this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we, we could probably do a whole podcast on just tearing apart pallets. Definitely. Like, there's so many different ways and depending on what you're trying to achieve. I wonder if we achieve. should though. Should we? I don't know. Well, let's, let's discuss that on next week's pre-show. <laughs> but, or let us know. Let us know in social media. You know, like yeah. uh, if, if that, I mean, we're always open for topic ideas, of course. And that's there's here's one. Do you want us to hear that topic? You know, <laughs> do you want us to ramble on for 45 minutes about how to tear apart pallets? Because I hope you do. I have a lot of ideas right now. I I kind of feel like I kind of feel like it could be interesting. Yeah. I I. I know that there's people out there that have podcasts like cooking shows. All they talk about is for an hour and a half how to sharpen their chef knife. If right, 45 minutes on sauté. Yeah, right. you know. If that could be interesting. Why couldn't tear apart a pallet? Yeah. Some plots, a and, we just, <laughs> and we just appreciate the feedback anyway. Even, even me, I love it the most out of all of us. So send us whatever your thoughts are and, and uh, topic ideas and, and what you think about the whole tearing a pallet apart thing. Or if there's anything you want to, you know, just tell us how we can become better podcasters. We're ready for it. Bring it on. We're, okay. We're, we're lonely. And on, and on that note, uh, <laughs> let's see here. What are we watching? Let's, uh, Tim, what are you watching? Um, I wanted to do for my what I'm watching. I wanted to do, well, I guess it's watching if it's Instagram. What am I looking at, maybe? <laughs> it's, uh, um, I, there's a guy named Jack Nelson, and, and his Instagram handle is Mexiculture. And he, it's, it's, I don't think he really, hopefully he won't mind that I'm broadcasting his channel. I don't think he's really looking necessarily for people to, to watch. I'm not sure, but he, he's a, a New England transplant living in Mexico. And he's, and mm-hmm. I know this because he told me, you know, but he just, he takes just pictures uh, he, around Mexico. He's a photographer too, I believe, a uh, professional photographer as well. But he takes, he's a woodworker and he does amazing stuff. Like the stuff that he makes is amazing. Like, like ridiculously amazing. He's not posting videos about it, but you just see this picture. Like, he's some shop pictures and pictures of wood. And all of a sudden, this picture's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. But he's also taking pictures just around Mexico, which I just find really interesting to see. Like, architecture and, um, and art and street festivals and culture and the ocean. And, and uh, all these just really, really interesting pictures of another country. Uh, but I, I just, I love it. It's like, it brightens my Instagram feed to just be scrolling through and all of a sudden see, like, some, like, pinata you know, or some like like corbel on some like you know three hundred year old like sandstone building or something. You know, it's just really cool. So it's Mexiculture on Instagram. Awesome. What about you, Bill? Um, somewhere on the interweb, somebody introduced me and others to a young lady named Barbie Parsons, and she has a YouTube channel called Barbie the Welder, mm-hmm. and I just. I love that. We need more. We need more gender equality in YouTubing and making anyway. But no, seriously, a cool channel, a great welder. Uh, I've, I've watched a few videos so far, picked up a few tips, and check it out. We need we need more girl makers out there. So check out Barbie the Welder on YouTube. Awesome stuff. Cool. Um, since I've been playing so many video games and I've been into so much computer stuff recently. Uh, my tip of this week is uh, Linus Tech Tips, and uh, he's got like, I mean, this is not a small channel. He's like 5 million subscribers, but wow. uh, he has some great, great videos. He's got a whole team. Like, this guy is actually making serious money on YouTube with this whole operation, uh, but he has such great content if it comes to, like, if you want to know anything about computers, 
high end, low end, mid end. You want explanations on why different parts are better than others. Just a fantastic channel. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com. I will be getting my shipment at the end of the month, the supplier told me, so I'll be able to ship out in February. I was um, at the woodworking show, and I told, I think it was Wim. Um, yeah. I told that he was like looking at the, uh, we were talking about the Japanese pole sauce they had for sale there. I bought mine there last year at this show, and, uh, and I told someone, I said, oh, don't buy one here. I said, buy it from Phil Pinsky. He's getting a shipment at any day now. <laughs> and uh, so I sold one for you. You can just send me my 20%, whatever. Let's Sounds see. good. Sounds hey, good, what's the status on our T-shirts and whatnot? We should get them next week, I was told. Oh, okay. Oh, but, uh, we'll talk about them more seriously once once Tim has them in hand. Yeah, because then we, I need to make the stencils, and we have to set up the, the store online and stuff. So we, But we are working. Agree to disagree. What? Because that one's going to be my tagline. That's fine. Oh, okay. what, what's, what's that going to be? What's what's your, ta- your, your shirt is you. You've settled on that. Your shirt's going to say, "Agree to disagree." Okay, agree to disagree. I like it. That's, that's you. I like. Yeah. I think that's good it's, too. That's pretty pedantic. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. I mean, like the, I should say, be good, right? That should be the, the nice one. But I, pro- I really kind of want to do something more like tofu and potatoes. You know, steamed broccoli. Steam my broccoli. Steam is my broccoli. Mine is going to be steams my broccoli. Love it. How about I'm you, Bill? Pretty sure it's utilized bearded dragon. Yep. <laughs> but, but I'm but I'm also thinking um, absolutely. That's actually That's pretty bad. good. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. good. That's a good catchphrase. It is a good catchphrase. Yeah. And speaking of absolutely, know. check out WilliamLutz.com. <laughs> that was <laughs> so great. That was great. That Thank you, you to Justin Sparks for that uh timsway.net for a lot of many many things tim sway thank you i have to interrupt i you don't have to but you could no i do i absolutely have to interrupt because i forgot to mention it at the top of the thing that if you go to our reclaimed audio podcast soundcloud page you'll notice that we've had we've changed our logo a little bit thanks to cammy who was one of my picks a few weeks ago uh cammy's garage on youtube he's uh actually a professional illustrator and he did an illustration of, of me with my square once, uh, and then he did one of Duresta recently, but he did me first, just saying. And, <laughs> and so I, I thought it'd be cool to add like the, our faces. I wanted to, to get the three of us together in a room to dress up as like our characters, like the blue-collar Bill and the white-collar Phil. I thought it'd be really cool to have, and I still want to do this, and they have a photo of us, like mm-hmm. me wearing like a tie-dyed shirt, being like the hippie, like, hugging a tree. You know, you, Phil, you know, like in the suit. You know, holding like a like a like a you know a hand plane or something, and then Bill, you know, with like a sledgehammer and like a plasma cutter, you know, and like a hard hat or something. Yeah, yes. I, this is cool, and, and I absolutely agree that this needed to be said. However, I'm with Phil. I don't think you needed to interrupt to do that. I think you could have waited till Phil was done and put your finger up and then say, "Hey, let's not forget." No, That's because I wanted me, it to be before. I didn't want. I didn't want it to be the end of the podcast. I wanted it to be in the meat of the podcast or in the tofu. Oh yeah, of it. we're still. Well, this well is even so, the yeah. finger yeah. like that that gives Phil a heads up. You know, I'm just. We're, I'm just. I'm just trying to keep. You know, keep it professional. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Agree. Now disagree. that that's been so, so go check out this logo. Thank you, Cammy. And if you go to Cammy's channel, Cammy's Garage, he did a video of him drawing it and stuff. So go check it out. Okay, I'm done. Um, it's, it is on our SoundCloud page and it will be on iTunes. It's just that it takes forever for iTunes to, to pull information from your RSS feed. So 
They suck, but eventually it will be a, our iTunes logo. I'm sorry. Can we each have a copy of that too? I'd like to change my like use it on my socials as well. Oh yeah, he sent us. Um, Phil, Phil has them all. He sent us our individuals, individuals. as well, oh, okay. so you can actually make it. I made mine my avatar on Facebook. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Phil had them. I can send them okay. to you too. All right, cool. One of us will send them to you eventually. Um, contact right us for now. show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. That goes to all three of us. Um, and on Twitter, hit us up at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, leave us those reviews. We love getting them. Bill reads them religiously, so uh, so they definitely get eyeballs on them. <laughs> and on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the absolute best way to help three up-and-coming podcasters continue this journey that they're on. Even though That's it's all been too. Yeah, even though it's been two years, I still feel like we're still fresh and learning. So yeah, I feel that about you too. Um, anyways, are we uh, we're done here? I think we're good. Have a great week, guys. Right. Be good. Bye, everybody. <laughs>